Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance pod for your free audiobook download. Hey, you're listening to Cognitive Dissonance, a show that's made up of preformed, uninformed opinion aimed at an audience intelligent enough to form their own. So if you're the type that's easily offended, what can I say but Honey Sue Kamali Pence? The ill is in the mind that thinks it. Yeah, we get pretty pissed off around here when we read the news. So if you're the type to find schoolyard level bad language more offensive than hearing about a priest leaving some little kid with a face like a bulldog eating custard, well, fuck you. Go listen to some other podcast that's set in whatever fairyland you come from. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 82 of Cognitive Dissonance with a special intro, Cecil, by a bulldog eating custard. <laughs> You'd be surprised it's, their dexterity with the yeah, computer and editing software. It's pretty amazing. That was Matt, uh, Matt, who does a lot of images for us, also made a quick intro for us. Remember that if you ever want to send us something and we like it, we'll play it. Um, so if you want to do an intro or you want to do an outro or you just want to send us something, maybe call us on the phone, we'll, we'll play it if we like it. So remember that. Hi there. I'm stuck in a pair of handcuffs. I'm going to need help getting out before this becomes a medical emergency. What's the problem? I am stuck in a pair of handcuffs. You're stuck in a pair of handcuffs? Yes, playing with them. So uh, I need some help getting out. Our first story is from KSDK.com, where incidentally, Cecil, the news comes first. So don't get any misapprehensions otherwise. <laughs> it totally does. Because every time you load this page, this cocksucker <laughs> car starts talking at you. Priest's 911 call after getting stuck in handcuffs goes viral. This shit is fucking perfect. <laughs> this fucking, let me tell you about this, this story real quick. This priest basically Hannibal Lecter's himself. Totally does. Or he totally gets a does. buddy to Hannibal Lecter him. Yeah. But his buddy is a terrible buddy, if that's the case, because he gets stuck in the handcuffs and left to his own fucking devices. Yeah. So much so I he can't... has to call 911. <laughs> he had to call 911, Tom. But wasn't he handcuffed? He was. My first thought is, how'd you dial? How did you yeah. dial? My well, and my first response was he. I'm sure he was still hard enough to dial. Yeah, well, at that point, the thing is, you hope he has a tablet. You yeah. know, 
He's either got a tablet or a tidy wang. So like banging away at the touch screen with your dong and sort yeah. of like it keeps just. It's like I'm hitting well, all the numbers. What if it's one of those old Nokia's with the buttons that are really hard to press in? <laughs> you gotta want it, man. It it strikes me as unlikely that somebody this dumb would have a smartphone. I'm just it's true. It, it's it's just, true. This guy probably had to dial it with his fucking nose, and the uh, and the dispatcher is fucking incredulous. Of course, wouldn't you be? It's like you're stuck in handcuffs. Like yeah, I'm, I'm fucking stuck in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Still stuck in handcuffs here. I like, I, I I the first image that came to mind when I was thinking about this was the image from Pulp Fiction where it's like, go get the gimp. Right. You know, like there's a there's a moment there where you they're talking about the mask being a leather dominatrix type mask with a metal bar in his mouth. So he's got a call bit like a fucking horse. <laughs> you, you at some point when you're playing fucking S and M bondage games, you've either gotta have a trustworthy partner, or the key to your fucking handcuffs nearby. You know, I, what is your safe word when there's a bar in your mouth? <laughs> your safe word's got to be a whinny, I think, at that point. Like, <laughs> How fucking awesomely humiliating. This this guy can't work yeah. in this. I mean, how do you ever return to work? And And Tom, here's the thing. It wouldn't even be remotely a story, right? Because how many fucking dipshits walk in with a gerbil in their ass to the ER every day? Of course, right. right yeah, it's yeah. got to happen, you know, all the time. You know, people do, you know, I got my dick stuck in a vacuum cleaner. It doesn't sure, matter, right, whatever. Yeah. You know, that shit happens. ERs are full of people who have stuck their private parts or things in their private parts like you wouldn't believe. Right. It would not even be a story if the guy wasn't a public figure who is sworn to celibacy and anti-gay. Well, you're yeah, right, of course. And, you know, like here is a guy who's, Part of his job is to preach about sexual morals. Like the, 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 the priesthood invests a tremendous amount of time in preaching to people about sexual morals. Right. And this dude is fucking Hannibal Lecter himself to get off. In, I think he's even – is he in the church when this happens? Uh, yeah, he was. I thought he was in it the, because they were standing outside the church when they did the story. So you've got to this. Imagine, imagine a comparable scenario, right? Where this happens to you at work, like everybody leaves the office, you're the only one there. You're like, you know, maybe it's time to break out the old metal bar gag and handcuff myself in this orange jumpsuit so I can. Oh, shitty, shitty, shit, shit. Where the damn? I mean. This is a lack of planning that is it monumental really is. in scope. It really is. It really is. I love I love the idea that you're somehow handcuffed. You know, cuz probably what happened is he had a he had a somebody there and the person maybe just wasn't interested anymore. And you know, that's a real common thing with, you know, when you're being uh you know, you're being the M part of the S&M that they will leave you. They'll, you know, leave you for a while. And that's, you know, maybe he just got sick of waiting for the person to come back. <laughs> or maybe he pissed him off. Like maybe, yeah. maybe like, yeah, you, you know, you're not in the power position here. You know, yeah, maybe you weren't be nice. You weren't submissive enough right. to me. So now I'm leaving. <laughs> and now you'll be submissive to the 911 operator. 
I love the angry, resigned tone in his voice. You know, it's like, you're stuck in Hank. Yes, I'm stuck in Hank. <laughs> <laughs> There had to be that moment before he picked up the phone where he's just just yeah. berating himself mercilessly. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. This story is from Reuters. Pope says Catholic Church must stand firm against, quote, intolerant agnosticism, end quote. I can see the Pope railing against intolerant atheism. But agnosticism? I don't know for sure. How dare you be so intolerant? <laughs> I think maybe could be, maybe couldn't be. Wow. What? I find your position offensive, sir. <laughs> what I what I thought was interesting in this article, and I, you know, it's it's big popa, so he obviously this eighty five year old dude sometimes says some weird shit. But one of the things he says that I think is rather telling, he says, anyone who lives and proclaims the faith of the church is on many points out of step with the prevalent way of thinking. The approval of the prevailing wisdom, however, is not the, the criterion to which we submit. And what that says to me is um, that they don't recognize that you can have an outdated sense of morality. That's a possibility. Um, ideas uh, and about what is ethical, that sort of thing changes. It's, it's not um, – Morality isn't solid. It's fluid. And the reason why is because uh, – and, and you can – and there's proof because all you have to do is look back and be like, OK, well, we no longer have slaves. That was allowed. We used to hit our children more. We don't. That's sort of shunned. I think there's a possibility that in the future we may shun people who eat meat, who kill animals for food. I think as time goes on, our morality in certain things shifts. Uh, and if you don't pay attention to that and if you don't think about that, uh, you are still prescribing to a bygone way of thinking. And I think that that's – you know, he's explaining his position perfectly here. Well, you know what, what strikes me about that is what's so dangerous there for him to admit yeah, um, is that if, as you say, and I agree with you, if if morality is not static but is fluid, then that argument – that we get our moral teachings from God. Right. That only works. Like that whole argument, that whole, you know, this is why we all have a conscience. Like it comes from this innate center imbued in us by our creator. That only works um, if that center is static. If if we can show, defend, and we, and we can show, if that begins to morph and change with with times and with culture and with you know advances in what we uh, come to understand about us as human and social animals if those things change well holy shit i mean yeah. how could that Im- be imbued by a perfect creator if right. it morphs and changes it, it's a dangerous idea absolutely it is and i think one of the things that you know i don't want to say is you know more, there's certain things that we don't think are are correct. And when you look at the things that I talked about, when you look at slavery, 
um, when you look at sort of the, the beating your kids, the homosexuality uh, is being more uh, accepted. All of those things are uh, actually us being more moral, right? That's, that's us being uh, – that's us paying more attention to yeah. our fellow person. It's us being empathetic. Um, it's not what, – what he wants us to do is be less moral, I think. He is looking for us to – uh, to shun homosexuals, he is looking. Uh, he's looking at uh, at this in a totally different way, and so uh, so I think that you know if somebody were to say, well, you think uh, morality is fluid, I do think it's fluid. I, cer- I I do think that there's some of it that it's just impossible to change. It's too deep in the fluid. But I think as time goes on, we are you know you're going to see us become more empathetic, and I think, in my opinion, more moral. See, so this story is awesome because of two things. First of all, it's from myfoxphilly.com, um, which is just fucking weird. Fox Philly? It's like a foxhorse.com. It is. It's so weird. It's like, and when I first read that, I thought it was my fox B. Hilly. You know? Oh. <laughs> I was like, is that some backward hillbilly bullshit it spelling? Is. It is. Like it works it's for Philly. Fox. Grieving family shocked to learn of second service they never planned for uncle. This is a great story. Dude dies. Family has a service for him. They had a full-on fucking funeral. Fucking buried this guy. And his local church decided, man, that wasn't profitable enough. (laughs) That's exactly it, right? And it's funny, too, because um, this guy was active in his church. Uh, the family had a service that was a private service, and uh, and they had an obituary. And then a couple weeks later, the the paper or the the uh, the church prints in the paper a another obituary, a bigger obituary than the original one with a photo. <laughs> And they say, come on down. We're going to have a memorial service for him. In lieu of flowers, feel free to donate to our church youth group. And they have like a collection plate on the on the uh, on the altar for him. And, you know, they they have on the (laughs) basically they have a a little wreath on the on the uh, the dais there with a, a hat and like his picture on it and then a collection plate underneath it basically just to come on down and donate to him uh, so that basically they could take the money. I think it's – I think it's – you know, first off, I would be insulted if this was my family. If somebody oh did this God, to my family, yes. I would be so insulted. I'd be like, how dare you take it upon yourself to do this? We already buried um, dear old grandpa. What yeah, he's already dead. We've already pa- – we've already moved past that. Um, but uh, but – it, it, it sort of it, – there's an interview in this in this video and if you go to this uh, – go to our website, dissonancepod.com and click on the, click on the link there, um, you'll see the video. And in the video, the pastor is just like, oh, well, it's not about the money. And you're like, OK, well, if it's not about the money, then why is the collection plate oh, right? <laughs> It's not about the money. Also, please give me the money. You know, it's like me going to work you know, on, on the 15th of the month and being like, thank you for the paycheck. It's yeah. not about the money. But if you stop giving me these, I'm not coming to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's about the fucking money. That's it totally what it's is. about. This this is awesome. Like I, I read this and it's like hmm, second verse, same as the first. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep on. It's it's like the memorial, the sequel. This time it's impersonal. <laughs> 
No, what they really needed to do was exhume him and then bury him again. That's what they really needed to do. They they weren't in it to win it, I don't think. The priest should just stand up there. His whole eulogy should just be like, Mendoza! That should be the whole... <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. I also see, so I have to point out that some crazy shit must be happening where Fox Philly reports. Because just looking at the local news bar on the right, man found sleeping on woman's couch chased with machete. Delaware Road flagger robbed near high school. Officer loses gun in parking lot. It's like, what the fuck is going on over there? I, you know, as much as I want one of their sandwiches, I'm never going there. <laughs> it's chaos. It's madness in the streets. <laughs> you bury fucking people twice. It doesn't matter. I was like, there's no body the second time. It's just a hat. As a man yeah, who wears that. a hat, I would be a little offended. <laughs> <laughs> this story is from wow.com. <laughs> Wout. The six news. The people you know, the news you trust. Iowa Church blesses Missouri River. Whole fucking river's blessed now. Yeah, I don't know if you can. You can't do that. You can only bless a certain portion of it. The worst part of our blessing, just a certain portion, is it eventually goes downstream. It's just gonna stand there and perpetually bless it. Blessed be the river. Blessed be the river. Blessed be the river. Blessed. I'm still missing some of the river. Blessed be the river. It really sucks when the when there's a lot like a fast current because then you need that micro machines guy who talks really fast or like an auctioneer. Yeah, it's like bless my bless my twenty five bless 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 thirty five. I think people are buying cattle, blessing rivers. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Bystanders are befuddled. Somebody walks away with a key to a storage unit. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is a scam too. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you bless the river when the river be flowing? Like, you're blessing the river so it doesn't flood. Um, Was the river cursed previously? And, and yeah. the water moves out like it's... That shit's over and done. Like, you got new water coming. If, if it floods tomorrow, you can't even be pissed off about it. You didn't flood that. You didn't bless <laughs> you that didn't part. Bless, you didn't bless that part. You know what they're doing? The, the thing I don't think they understand is that, the, that blessings don't actually penetrate more than two feet into water. So you can bless part of it, but you're not going to bless the whole thing. What you need is a diver in scuba gear to go down and bless the banks of the, you know, in the actual water bed, you know, the river bed underneath the water. The, the blessing is like shooting a BB gun into an apple. It's like, right. <laughs> Oh, that was anticlimactic. What the yeah, fuck? Water has a, you know, water. God is powerless against water. I mean, you know, look at what happened during the forty days and forty nights. <laughs> Completely powerless. I wish I could stop it, but my hands are tied. He can't cross running water, right? We, we established last week that he can't come into your house without asking. He can't cry. He can't cross running water. He's basically the headless horseman. What is a headless horseman? <laughs> The god of Ichabod Crane. He's like throwing <laughs> flaming pumpkin heads at everybody. Like, this is the worst power ever. This deity sucks. You know, there's all these people that always talk about God's plan, God's plan. Don't you think he planned this river out too? Yeah, he didn't count on the Missouri River. He just, who put that there? What the fuck? That if one. only somebody would bless it, then I could prevent it from flooding. Somebody put a river here. <laughs> 
where'd that river come from? I didn't know that on my map. Who got? Oh, I got an old atlas. That's what I got. I got me an old atlas. Someone needs to put a bridge up because I can't cross the running water. <laughs> oh, y'all didn't want a flood. Y'all didn't want your homes destroyed. Oh, man. Why didn't you bless that river? Idiots. <laughs> Fucking idiots. You blessed the river. Yeah. You sure. You, you've got to wonder, too, when they're like, oh, I got it. Finally, a solution to our flooding problem. What is it? <laughs> not sandbags. Right, like, no. Should we build our house on sticks? Should we not have riverfront property knowing that there is a historical 100% chance likelihood that eventually the goddamn <laughs> river is going to flood like it does time and time and time again immemorial? No. We'll just bless the river. This show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment with more than 100,000 titles available. You can get a free audiobook download by going to audiblepodcast slash dissonancepod, and you can download damn near anything that you'd like to listen to, including Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, which, Cecil, you and I have both listened to. Yeah, Tipping Point's a very interesting book. One of the things that I thought was uh, was interesting about it, and this is sort of a shift off of uh, – because we we've been listening to either skeptic books and most recently philosophy books. Uh, I think that this book uh, is very interesting. It's um, I think it talks about in specific how word of mouth really works, word of mouth advertising really truly works. And then it also talks about several ways in which uh, in which – Really simple, tiny things have changed, have had some major impacts in uh, in society as a whole. And one of my favorite stories in this is about the uh, the New York subway system and how they changed things there using what they called the broken windows policy, where they tried to clean up the subway, and by cleaning up the subway, it started to um, it started to affect the passengers. And it's a really interesting book. Um, one of the things that I, that I really thought uh, a lot about was uh, how to get something like that going on with gun control. And he does talk about the massive shootings we have in the epilogue of this book. Uh, so I thought it was a really interesting read and, and sort of timely too. Uh, you can get your free copy right now. All you have to do is go to our website, dissonancepod.com. There's an Audible link right there. You can click on it and it'll take you to the requisite page. Or you can go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonancepod. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe today. It helps the show out. This story is from Hindustan Times. Um, Asram Bapu adds to shame, says victim is at fault too. Um, this story is just horrible. This story is uh, in reference to the gang rape and murder of a uh, young woman in uh, Delhi. Um, and uh, this religious asshole um, comes out and basically blames the victim, blames the victim of a murderous gang rape. Yeah. How much more despicable a human being can get is I, I think he has actually set a bar at this point uh, for religious commentary. This is Westboro Baptist hateful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I agree wholeheartedly, Tom. I think um, this is a common tactic that the religious will use. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read directly from this article. I'm going to mispronounce his name. Uh, ass Ram is what I'm going to call him. Because, you know, he's an ass ram. Uh, The girl should have taken God's name and could have held the hand of one of the men and said, I consider you my brother. And the other two 
should have said, brothers, I am helpless. You are my brothers, my religious brothers. Then the misconduct would have, wouldn't have happened. And, um, and I, I can't help when I read this, Tom, be reminded of the, um, the email stories, uh, I remember, you know, back when when the internet was still pretty young, there was those forward stories that you would get all the time, uh, email forward yeah. stories. And I, I'm, I'm reminded of one of a, of a woman who walks down an, uh, a, I know, <laughs> uh, an alley and she prays at, because there's a guy walking behind her. And she goes home, and the next day she finds out that another woman walked down the same alley and was raped in the alley. And when they asked the rapist, why didn't you rape the girl, he said, well, she was walking with a big, strong guy, and I didn't, you know, I didn't rape her. And she said she was alone, and the guy is an angel. And what it really says is, is that the second girl didn't believe in God or pray hard enough, right. so therefore she was raped. And what this is saying is <clears throat> you weren't faithful enough. You didn't rely on your faith to save you. So that's why you got it. That's why you got, you know, fucked with a metal bar. Yeah. It, it, it never mind the the culture um, that enables this kind of shit to happen. That's not right, the problem. Right. Like, let's no. not address let's not address any of those issues because those are difficult, you know, and those are complicated and those involve a total reexamination of the, the gender disparity and power disparities that exist within the, the culture. Let's throw that out. Let's just say, well, <clears throat> you know, he, he says uh, this could not have happened. He basically says it takes two to tango. Um, he, says, he says in a recent sermon that no mistake could be committed just by one side. Well, that's not true when six dudes attack you and beat the guy you're with with an iron bar. This isn't a... Uh, hey, you know, she's kind of at fault too. For what? Being on a bus? Being yeah. a woman? Not not believing enough? Not holding the hand of somebody who's beating and raping you and saying, I consider you my brother? You know, I, it is unimaginable to me that somebody really thinks that. That somebody with power would really stand up in front of their uh, religious supplicants and spread this kind of a message. It is so unbelievably abhorrent to say that this guy should be, I mean, he should be dragged out into the street and, and mocked and humiliated and removed from any position of power or authority because he's clearly a hateful fucker. Yeah. There's a part of this article, too, where he says um, that the guy basically quickly stepped, stepped in to explain what her guru meant was that incidents like rape could be averted by chanting hymns and taking God's name. And they're actually going to change their slogan to this religion to pray harder so he's limper. <laughs> Prayer. It's the anti-Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing kills a boner like prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I was totally going to rape you until you started talking about God. Yeah, man. That w- it, it, it's definitely a date stopper. I don't think it's a rape yeah, stopper. Well, yeah. I I feel like I feel like this is a perfect example of um of religious grandstanding to uh to make people afraid so that they follow you to make to you're in you're inserting fear into this and basically offering people a get out of rape free card by saying this stuff you're 
you're providing a solution. First, you're, you know, it's, it's that old thing that Hitchens says. You're basically, you, you're born sick and then, you know, we give you the cure. This is exactly it. It's like they're finding things and they do this all the time. They find things in the world that make you afraid and they say, well, you don't have to be afraid of those things if you follow uh, this right. thing that we all follow. Right. And don't forget your checkbook. And, and what kind of God is this? The, this? This God either stands by and does nothing while this woman is raped right. and murdered. Um, and and is, is what may be going to later punish the – Yeah, but that's doesn't always, there was a – Step in. Uh, uh, no, the, yeah, there was a thing on um, uh, the atheist uh, – Matt Del Hunty show, the, the well, atheist experience this week, where somebody said exactly that. This woman said um, – this guy was talking about – he's like child rapist. She's like, at least I'm better than you know your God in that uh, I would stop a child rapist if I could. Either he doesn't care or he's going to – allow them to shut the door and he'll punish them later and she's like I'm I'm better than your god in this case and the guy said well you know that's presuming the girl is without sin and Dilla Hunty immediately called him a shithead Christian and fucking dumped him off the air <laughs> good for Dilla Hunty that's that's how these people should be responded to like no room for this in polite society there's just no yeah. room for it I just pray over this equipment we speak over the powerpoint presentations the, all of the video projectors and we we'll say devil we know what you love to do in meetings like this and we say you will not in Jesus name you will not prevent this message from going out no microphone problems in Jesus name this story is from CNN.com Florida I don't know why I'm laughing a little I'm a mean motherfucker <laughs> this one is this is a tragic kind of story it is, man. it's terrible um, Florida plane crash survivor God is good God is good <laughs> it could be better <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, here's what happened in this story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one here. It says, basically, this woman is in her house and a four-seater plane crashes into it, killing the three occupants dead. And she gets out alive. And her statement is, God is good. He really is. <laughs> I got out without a scratch on me, a little bruise from taking a tumble through the window. But other than that, I'm fine. I'm blessed. Truly, God was with me. And the thing is, Tom, I think she's right. This bitch was bogarting God that <laughs> she day. Was. You know, she was totally – if she would have used a little less God, maybe she would have broke her ankle and the other guys would have been in serious and critical condition but at least alive. But instead, this bitch is like, no, I just want a fucking bruise out of this deal. I don't care. Like I, I'm not going to get a cut. I'm not going to get a broken ankle. I'm not going to get a broken leg. I'm not going to get wind up underneath some wreckage. No, no. I'm using all the God I have and taking all your God away. <laughs> all the God points. Well, you know, the, the problem is, and a lot of people don't know this because I'm making it up, but God is landbound. You know, <laughs> so as soon as you take off, as soon as you're in the air, he's just like, fucking nothing I can do. That shit's magic as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know how those things stay up there. Look, I don't fly. The angels fly. <laughs> He's like Bernoulli. What? I don't got what you yeah. airlifts and air currents. <laughs> yeah. You're making my head spin. <laughs> Y'all are on your own up there. <laughs> God is good. Can you imagine how insulted you'd feel if your family died in a plane crash and somebody's like standing outside the smoking rubble? <laughs> the dead bodies of your family. Like, hey, God sure is good. It's like, wait. Get, God's good, like, these people, they didn't get a fucking lottery ticket, they crashed. 
They yeah. plummeted from the fucking sky like a human meteorite. Yeah. Burning everything. And then, of course, you know, the 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 parts where she's like, oh, my daughter was home, but she went to school back early and she would have been dead. And and my uh, my you know, my I left my son at daycare that day or my grandson and he would have died because he would have been standing in front of the television. Yeah, you're making <laughs> you're making up a lot of things. <laughs> you're basically saying the places where those people I put them and my imagination, they would have died. Well, you got out just fine. What if you were all congregating in the exact same spot? Right. You'd have been, they'd have been fine. What if the what if the kid was outside and wouldn't have been hurt? What if the girlfriend was, you know, at the fucking grocery store? Yeah, I was going to say, what if you guys just weren't – none of you were home. You wouldn't have even had the bruise. Yeah. <laughs> you could have gotten out of this thing scot-fucking-free. All you had to do was just yeah. not be home for a, yeah. a, a, a minute. You know, how long did this event take? <laughs> I have to admit when I saw this, I thought of one of those Mayhem commercials. <laughs> That would be awesome because the guy would be coming down. He would have his little crazy hair and his arms would be outstretched flying like a plane as he smashed into the building. I pictured his head out the window like a dog, like lapping at the wind. <laughs> hey. Protected from mayhem like me. That's awesome. So we're going to take a quick break, give you information on uh, how to contact us and such. I want to remind our listeners that whenever you go to our website, if you ever go to our website, dissonancepond.com, there's a huge subscribe button right in the center. If you haven't subscribed yet to our podcast, we urge you to subscribe to our podcast. It helps out uh, with our numbers and it helps us uh, reach you every week. So if you haven't haven't ever subscribed, go to our website, dissonancepod.com, click on the big subscribe to our feed button. It's right dead center in the middle. It's an orange button in the dead center in the middle of the page. Um, But we're going to give you some information on how to contact us right now. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long-distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So, Cecil, this story is from Fox News. We're giving Fox a lot of press. A lot of press today for Fox. Marriage of 90-year-old Saudi man, 15-year-old girl, sparks controversy. This is not actually a Hugh Hefner story. (laughs) (laughs) It's close, but it is not actually a Hugh Hefner story. Um, 90-year-old Saudi dude pays $17,500 to this 15-year-old girl's family. That's the dowry that he pays. And then he basically buys this girl. And she is appropriately terrified, Cecil. Right? Because <laughs> she married the fucking Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Wouldn't you be afraid? I'm afraid just reading this story. Like, this no guy's kidding. like fucking liver spotted with his walker, like chasing this little 15 year old girl around the house. Fucking hell. Oh. This guy's well, still it was a 17. Did man. you mention? Did you mention the dowry size? Yeah, 17,500 bones. That's cheap to buy a woman. 
it really is pretty cheap. And, you know, the thing that I think that's the most important part about this story is um, – Although at 90, you're this, renting. <laughs> yeah, at that point, at that point, it's like a reverse mortgage. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're willing, you're willing to, to, uh, to basically give away all your – because you're going to basically give away all your money to this, this girl in like six and a half months. Um but uh, but it says here Saudi National Association for Human Rights uh, member Suhula Zin Ailabadabadiba <laughs> said um, urged authorities to get involved. According to Al Ariba, it says uh, Abedin uh, said marriage in Islam must be based on mutual consent, and the girl's behavior indicates that she was not satisfied with the arrangement. Um, wouldn't Mutual consent mean that no money changes hands? Yeah. It, it, the, the, how could she, how they could possibly have imagined that consent occurred when you buy a woman from her parents? Right, right. And then she's so afraid on her wedding night that she locks herself in the room for two straight days before fleeing the house. <laughs> like, consent can't doesn't happen after the fact, right? It's not consent right. when you're like, I did a thing. Do you agree that I did it? Like, yes, I agree yeah. that you did it, but that's not <laughs> consent. Like, that's just a restatement right, of right, facts. Right. Yeah, it's it, that, that's a creepy thing, though. 90 years old, the guy's got it. You know, I mean, you got to have so much skin around your pecker at that point. How do you even find it? I, this is this is a guy who at 90 years old is still like, I need me a fresh one. Oh, my God. 15-year-old. Bring me someone who can't drive. Well, I guess none of them can drive. Like, yeah, I guess none of, yeah, none of the women can dude, drive. Bring me one in a head. They're all in head scarves. But, um, it's a fucking but, sophomore in high school. I know. Like, that's Ugh. the thing is, like, I, I, I'm... I've seen girls that are 18, 19, you know, any, anything and younger, and I, and I still think they're – I'm like, man, they're young. Right. Could you imagine being 90 years old <laughs> and meeting a 15-year-old? <laughs> they're not having intellectual conversations, yeah. I don't Dude, think. You're 75. She's not. She's not anything. <laughs> She's not even zygote yet. You're 70 fucking five oh years gosh. old. Oh, my gosh. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> You were born in the 20s. <laughs> Bring me one of those flapper chicks. Oh, my God. I got to have a sprightly young thing to do the Charleston with. Oh, my gosh. You're totally born in the 20s. Though. That's awesome. And she was born in the 90s. Oh. Late 90s. Yeah, late 90s, man. Late 90s. What year did Kurt Cobain die? Like, I think she's born no. post-Kurt Cobain. Yeah, she's like a post-Cobain. That's horrible. Uh, God, that's funny. Yeah, well, we wouldn't want this to be a non-consensual marriage. Like, yeah. How do, the, how do the vows work? Like, do you, ancient Wake him relic up. of a man? Wake him up again. Wake him up. Yeah. Did, did you properly pay for and purchase this woman? <laughs> Did, they, did the parents sign over the title to her? They totally you did. Got to register it with the abusive women vehicles. You got to get your city sticker. <laughs> You're an atheist. Give me a fucking break, Michael. All right, you know what? We need to start going to church every week. This story is from the Friendly Atheist blog. The 700 Club. Once atheists have kids, they'll start believing in God. 
Um, once more, the 700 Club. I mean, just these guys are just terrific. Um, Gordon Robertson, Pat's son, and Christy Watts are discussing how all of the nuns, so the nuns are a big news, you know, the, the nuns are uh, part of the millennial generation that is in increasing numbers um, coming out and saying that they have no religious affiliation. Obviously, this scares the hell out of the uh, fundies and evangelical wackadoos. So they're talking about it, and basically they're acing the hole. Their trump card that they're playing is wait until they turn 23. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> when they have kids, though. That's the thing is when they have right. 23 and they have kids. Or if they have 23 I gotta kids. Say, I got to say two here, Tom. Before we move on, uh, Robertson's son is a pale comparison to the old man. I got to say um, he is the least electric person I've ever seen. It's like watching Droopy give a fucking newscast. He's just like, I don't want to do a thing. Like he was so bad at this. I could not believe how awful he was at it. He didn't even sound like he was even remotely interested in what he was talking about. Um, but uh, but the woman he's talking to, uh, the bobblehead that he's talking to, because she says even here, you see me nodding my head? I'm just about nodding my head off. Um, I saw I love you know, that. Th- yeah, the bobblehead he's talking to agrees with him. Basically what he's saying is, is that you need the Bible to raise children because if you're an atheist and you don't have God, how do you raise them? That's that's how do you raise your children? It just it escapes his tiny fucking grape-sized mind that people can actually be moral without a without a supreme being. Right. It, it, it. You tell them to put their fucking Legos away the same way you do if you have no, God. Right. Right? Yeah, except for this time, you don't threaten them with hell. Yeah, exa- right. It's just like, it, how do you? How are you going to have kids? Well, you have kids. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. You're going to have kids. It's going to be hard. Well, you're not. You, you guys make it harder on yourselves by making kids fearful and anxious by having to do these fucking uh, verbal and intellectual backflips required to right. at once right. explain to a child. That there is a benevolent God, but this all-loving, benevolent God will fry you in the frying pan of hell for all time if you touch your pee-pee too much. They are incongruent. There's a little bit of cognitive dissonance. One must— Just a little. Just a little. Reconcile there. As an atheist parent, you just skip all that. You're like, touch yourself when you're alone. Problem solved. It's like you don't have to—it's a short conversation. God damn. Yeah. And and you know there the, the thing is is that I think I think you can easily raise more moral and more empathetic. Like we were talking earlier about empathy, right? I think you can raise people that are moving forward and more forward thinking without God because you don't have to explain to them that being gay is wrong and that, you know, I mean, how do you sit down with your son and say, "Well, yeah, they allowed slavery in the Bible, but we don't anymore." Well, why? Well, because. Well, the Bible didn't change. People changed. So you sit down with the Bible. There's all these inconsistencies. I would, I would much rather teach my child ethics from a standpoint of humanism than have to tiptoe the minefield that is the Bible. Yeah, I mean I totally agree with you. It is easier. But what, what's, what's so striking is that from a religious standpoint – they, I, I really do genuinely get the impression that they cannot conceive of a way to understand a world, understand right. a moral worldview 
that that isn't from on high, that isn't a top down worldview. Sure. And sure. And that just means like, well, you've clearly you've never had to give this any thought. You've never had to stop and consider, well, what is right and wrong? And how do I know what's right and wrong? And is it always the same in every circumstance? And what does it mean to be one of the good guys? You know, like how do I live a life of integrity? Like those are questions that that a man or a woman should ask of themselves. And clearly they – I mean they are incapable of formulating even the barest conception of a world where that is possible. It's not that they can't even, they can't even get to the idea of the questions, much less the answers. I don't practice. This story is from MiamiHerald.com. South Beach Santeria. Decapitated animals wash up near condo. Horrify residents. Maybe a new diet in the works. (laughs) (laughs) The South Beach diet. Now with more decapitated goat. The South Beach diet is whatever you can find that has been decapitated on the beach. The problem is goat heads are very fatty. (laughs) Well, and then what happens when you find a bum? (laughs) If it's decapitated, it's fair game. (laughs) (laughs) Anything decapitated. Oh, my God. I'm so over my Weight Watchers points this week. I ate a whole bum. (laughs) I've been entering decapitated bum into my fitness pal, and it's coming up. (laughs) It's not worked out. You know how many calories are in a decapitated bum? Plus, you basically have to work out for like 36 hours straight. <laughs> My Dutch oven isn't big enough for this. I'm going to brace all this bum. I had to butcher this bum down into little pieces and freeze part of it. I went to my butcher. <laughs> what are the primals on a bum? <laughs> Do you have bum tenderloin? <laughs> Bummed her loin. <laughs> it's a chuck roast because it's chuck. <laughs> it's chuck. <laughs> the eye of round is really the eye. Oh no! This is terrible. Oh Clearly man! We know too many cuts of meat. Yeah, yeah. Well, it shows. It tells the audience how fat we are. We're just like, we know all the pieces. Oh my god! Oh man! <laughs> Bum brisket. Bum briskets. <laughs> Corned bum. <laughs> if it's a Jewish bum, it's kosher. <laughs> kosher bum. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. The thing is, is that a bum wasn't found. So <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have sufficiently jettisoned this story. <laughs> What um, story? I want to talk about Santa Maria before we move on, though. What the fuck is going on with that shit? I love the I love this animal sacrifice, and then they're just like, "Why are the bodies washing up on the beach? You sacrifice the animal, and then you throw it in the ocean? Like, okay, you've got a dead chicken. Eat the chicken." Yeah. Right. That's the first There's thing I'm thinking. There. Is like, I got a dead chicken. Clearly, I have no problem with killing chickens. 
Right, Just sure. eat the chicken. Just be like, mm, I define my future. And my future says this skin will be brown and crispy. That's yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? This goat will be delicious with a mint sauce. <laughs> it's um, – Santeria is one of those like uh, crazy mixed up – like it's – it's it's the sort of like uh, mix it together uh, potpourri religion. <laughs> it totally is a potpourri of religion. It's awesome, um, and it involves you know characteristics of of a, a, a number of faith traditions and you know pagan and and, and other practices and you know uh, pagan and Catholic and you know all kinds of shit kind of fucking mishmashed together. And I guess at the end of the day, it results in dead animals. I don't really know. Yeah. Like step one. Cut off goat head. Step two, stand around bewildered while you cut off the goat's head. (laughs) You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This story is from ABC News. Indonesian town bans women straddling motorbikes, saying it is improper and against Islam. (laughs) I don't think motorbikes were invented. Like, Mohammed wasn't like, hmm, what do we have to say about motorbikes? We haven't invented them yet. I don't know. Nothing. Write something on page 10 about it. There's fucking nothing to say about that. I like this, too, because it's, it's, it says, women in the town of a town I could not even remotely pronounce. <laughs> I can't even. It's L-H-O-K-S-E-U-M-A-W-E. I have no idea. I mean, they need to buy a vowel at the beginning or shift some of the vowels at the end to the beginning because I can't even start Lak to pronounce Shumawe. that. Lakshumawe. Huh? Lakshumawe. <laughs> you sound awesome when you <laughs> Anyway, uh, in this, this town I can't pronounce, we'll be told from Monday they cannot straddle a motorcycle or a scooter, especially when sitting behind a man and uh, instead must ride side saddle. <laughs> You know, I, they also probably should be like, well, you can't wear a helmet because that gets away with a hajib. Right. So you can't wear a helmet either. Um, so, you know, basically uh, religion first, then safety. That's basically what they're saying. Because, I mean, how fucking hard is it to ride side saddle? <laughs> and aren't you say, fucking – basically uh, – the, the point of a motorcycle is that it's balanced. It's OK to ride side saddle on a horse because a horse, you know, you're not, you're not super balanced up there. It's a big wide ass you get to sit on. Totally different than a little skinny motorcycle seat. You ride side saddle on that thing. You can. Can you imagine what would happen to you? you yes, I can imagine very easily. You fall off a motorcycle. Yeah. Clearly, it is not against <laughs> Islam to get fucking road rash. Like road rash yeah. is definitely proper for women. Like falling off a motorcycle and getting chewed up by the pavement. A number one plus. They're worried. You know, I, I like too that they don't want to be sitting behind a man. Right. Okay, if the dude's sitting behind her, maybe there could be some action going on. Yeah, no it, kidding, right? Something could actually happen. She's sitting behind him. What is he going to, like, flip his dick back around like a flip-top dick? And, like, <laughs> how does that – Flip-top dick. Like, I don't – I'm baffled by why this is a pro- – it's, it's a problem because it might – I mean, is it – they're just worried about too much power between her legs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think their next step is they're going to ban motorcycles from vibrating. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to cease all engine vibration. Engine vibration yeah. is against Islam. It's against Islam. The Sibian they machine. can't have cucumbers in their salad. The women can't handle cucumbers, right? right remember, I that? remember that? When they had that story right. where they're like, the man has to cut any phallic yeah. vegetables no in the kitchen. <laughs>
Now they don't want anything that vibrates. They're basically just taking away all pleasure from yeah. women. That's basically what they're doing. The, the Sibian machine will actually go yeah, back in time and kill Muhammad. Yeah. That's you know, how they, against they have to Islam. ride their Symbian side saddle too, Tom. <laughs> this is pointless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this really isn't doing anything. <laughs> Howard Stern's just disappointed. He's just like, yeah, he's oh, just like, oh god, the worst guest I've Why had. Why did I even buy this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Waste of money. So we got a couple of voicemails I want to play for you. One from Brian in East Texas, and then another person talking about uh, relics. Hi guys, it's Brian again from East Texas. Just listening to the latest episode and thought I'd pitch my two cents in about the. Uh, victim blaming that the church put out in that Christmas mass or whatever the hell that thing is called. Anyway, uh, it's kind of funny that it's coming from a priest. Uh, you know, you, you got to take where it's coming from. You know, when they blame it, say, well, it's provoking everyone you know, by the clothes that they're wearing. You got to remember that these are priests saying that, and the priests are so far removed from the normal human beings that they uh, probably do think like that. They probably are turned on and uh, infatuated with every piece of skin that gets shown in their church too, you know. So, you know, you gotta wonder, you know, the hell they do. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's uh, kind of a rambling voicemail, but uh, you guys are welcome. See you later. Hey guys, a correction on the relic thing from this week's episode. As a person who went to a Catholic school a few blocks away from the largest emporium of relics outside of the Vatican. That's uh, St. Anthony's in Pittsburgh, PA. Um, I am well-versed in the horseshit. There's three classes. The first class is Jesus' belongings and saints' body parts. Second class is something worn or used by a saint. Third class is something that has touched a first or second class relic. Yes, ridiculous, I understand. Thank you, guys. Love the show. Can't wait to hear how Google Plus uh, improves my rambling. Thanks, Paul. So first, I want to say again, thanks to Brian from East Texas. Uh, he called in talking about priests and uh, their wants and desires. I got to say this to Brian straight away. You should get a podcast. Your fucking voice is awesome, dude. <laughs> he has like this deep, booming, awesome voice. You should be in podcasts, bro. You should start one. Um, the relics correction, I got corrected on many fronts this week about relics. Uh, I knew specifically that relics uh, – that one – I guess one type of relic needed to be a human part. But I guess I didn't know that you could have like wiped your ass with something and that would be a relic too or something. I didn't realize that. So thank you for all the corrections on the relics. I did want to mention uh, someone called in last week and we didn't wind up using the email because we had already addressed uh, the the thing on the show. But if someone by the name of Foster called in and his website is fosterdisbelief.wordpress.com, uh, he called in. Uh, specifically with a comment that was directed at another caller, but we had already handled it, so um, so we we didn't really want to we didn't really want to start anything or play play the voicemail. So Foster, feel free to call in in the future, and we're going to link to your blog this time uh, on our on our podcast. So if you want to find Foster's blog, go to our, our show notes dissonancepod.com, and you can find Foster's blog there. Uh, there'll be a link to it. We got an email, Tom, from James. James says, love the show. I've just listened to episode 80. Please never stop mispronouncing names. It's a great laugh. I've selected five names in my country for you to have a go at. So now <laughs> these are funny. The last one is the funniest, and I'll tell you why the last one is the funniest, Tom. I want you to copy and paste this right now, okay? All right. I want you to copy and paste this, and then I want you to paste it into Google. 
Holy fuck, that's really a thing. <laughs> Holy and shit. And then, now here's what I want you to do. Go to the Wikipedia site and I want you to listen. Now for you at home, I'm going to record this and play the name of this place for you. I want you to click the listen button. Llanfair Pwllgwyngyll Goger Chwyrndrobwll Llantysilio Go Go Go. So we're going to try to pronounce these for you right now. We want to thank you for sending all these in. Tom, we, why I'm going to go first with this one. Lalini. Yeah. Lalini. Lalini. I'm going to go. All right. I'm going to go Machinleth. sounded like you spit something out. Aberdog Ledo. Ledo. Castle Ned. Castle Ned. <laughs> you leave me with the hard one. Um, Boston. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down uh, and put this in the show notes. I'm gonna copy this word. It's like how many characters is it? It's got to be like 30 characters long. This name of this thing. Um, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but you heard how it's pronounced. I guess I I I can't imagine that's how somebody got. Somebody can pronounce this because there's long parts of this. There's a part that's where it's like C H W Y R N D R all in one. Like, how do you say that? There's no vowels in there. There's a sometimes vowel in there. It's like it's like Hamburglar speak. It's like rabble, rabble, rabble. That's exactly what it looks. You try to you try to say that. It's like the, those letter combinations don't do a thing. No, they don't. No. It looks like a three-year-old smacking against the keyboard. Like, look at me, it I'm does. typing. It totally does. I thought, I thought he was kidding around. The first thing I saw, I was like, I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. I was like, uh, he, and I was like, just for kicks, I fucking Googled it. That is absurd. And it fucking first thing, <laughs> it's a place, man. That's fucking awesome. I want to live there. Well, they, I want to go to the high market. You can't get any mail there. Yeah. There's no envelope that you could write that on. Everything's on legal size envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get any junk mail. It would cost too much ink no, to address that it would. shit. They'd be like, sorry, man, you don't get any here. We got an email from Steve. Steve uh, Steve said he just found our uh, our uh, podcast through The Conspiracy Skeptic. That's Carl Mamer's podcast. Uh, he runs a show called The Conspiracy Skeptic. Uh, you can find it by Googling it. Uh, it's a great show, and we're happy that you found us through there. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Tom, we got a comment from Sarah, and I'm going to read this. It says, first, for you, uh, sometimes it's hard to tell whether you're feigning ignorance or whether it's part of your charm. <laughs> I love that part of this. I think that's great. It, 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 Sarah, it is part of my charm. The, okay. These things are not mutually <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. Ignorance yeah. is my charm. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Um, it says, but the Duke of Edinburgh is currently the Queen's husband – and as such, is quite well known within the Commonwealth. The Queen has a husband. <laughs> no, that either. <laughs> I had, I, I literally had no idea. I thought she was like a widower because she's like a hundred and five or something. I don't, I don't understand. I'm not even going to pretend. I don't understand how the Queen's husband isn't the king. I, don't I know. I don't either. I'm like, well, that's the My king, brain right? Won't like do that's, that. that's what you call a king. I have no idea. But anyway, she <laughs> says that um, while his death may not have political repercussions, like the death of his wife will, uh, it would still be a momentous c- occasion with a state funeral. Okay, I had no idea who that was. I thought it was a made-up person. <laughs> it sounds like like uh, the King Arthur's court shit. Like it doesn't sound. It totally real. does. 
It totally Duke does. Edinburgh. Like he's gonna be jousting this weekend. <laughs> 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 get his own herald wherever he walks. Oh yay! <laughs> Uh, so we got an, a, an email, and I'm going to try to pronounce the name here. Uh, she actually says it's per, it's pronounced like uh, Maria, so it's Valia is the name of the person. Uh, she sent an email about um, about service dogs, and uh, and there's some interesting information here, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate her sending this email, and she she did want us to relay some of this information. Now, it's quite a long email, so we're not going to read the whole thing. Um, but to summarize it, you know, she says basically that a service dog is allowed to attend. Any place that a person would be reasonably expected or allowed to attend. So if the general public can walk into your bar or your restaurant or your, you know, store, if if you're open to the general public, then you must make allowance to be open to a uh, person with a service dog. Um, and that a lot of people, um, disabled people are challenged or um, are made to feel uncomfortable or have their rights taken away from them um, by people who are ignorant of these things. And certainly... Um, we would not want to continue to foster that ignorance. So the d- disabled people with service animals certainly should have a right and do have a right um, through the Americans with Disabilities Act to uh, go anywhere that a general public member might be able to attend. Yeah, and she says there's only two circumstances in which they they should be able, you know, asked to leave, and that's when they can't control the dog when it's like a threat to someone's safety, uh, or they're unable. Um, or pardon me, they're, they're, when they're unable to maintain control of the dog, so like a dog can't stop barking or something, or when the dog is a threat to someone's safety uh, or uh, a threat to some, like another dog or something like that. So they're, they're only able to, to be asked to leave on those, uh, on those notes. So the church that we talked about with, this, uh, with the problem with the service dog said that it would be too distracting. Um, you know, it really doesn't. It really doesn't fall under the 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 reason why you should be asking a service dog to leave because it's if it's distracting the students, it's not the dog's fault. Um, and he, she also says that you should never pet a service dog. I think everybody, I think inherently knows that, even though they're super awesome looking, um, you shouldn't be petting service dogs. So just if you didn't know that, don't do it. Yeah, I don't pet just workers. You know, yeah. you gotta figure like I, the dog's oh, working. I do. Oh, I do. I pet bums too. You just like walk I, up I, to- I pet the bums just to see how much meat they have on their bones in case they wind up on shore. Keep eating. Keep eat. Oh, you're not eating at all, actually. That's why you're a bum. Downtown Chicago is like a farmer's market. Oh no. A farmer's <laughs> market. You just so, walk up to somebody like take your finger and lick it. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> you're almost ripe, sir. Uh, we got a we got a comment on our blog from Jenny, and Jenny's talking about how she uh, had the placenta um, cut up into chunks and ate it because her midwife said uh, that she can do it, and that there is some that, that there are some studies doing some studies that say that it helps with like postpartum depression and things. Um, I that's fine and all, but like like Tom and I said, it's just disgusting. It's like like if somebody said that you know um, I could lose ten pounds by eating a handful of my own cum, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll just be fat. <laughs> yeah, if, if if the science is there, then the science is there. And clearly you can't, you know, mock it as being a fad or a, uh, you know, an unscientific approach to a problem solving. Um, I personally, it feels too much like cannibalism to me. Like yeah. <laughs> eating human organs is unappealing. But then again, I'm not about, you know, I'm not suffering from postpartum depression. Sure. I think – there might be something to yeah. it. I don't know. You know, I mean, and I'm not going to do any of the studies. You know, that's if you want to do it, great. If you want to look into it, great. But uh, but I definitely 
I I personally think it's disgusting, and I that's that's the that's my only beef with it. If there is some science to back it up, awesome. But uh, but I I certainly don't think that it's a thing that I would encourage someone to do. And it just seems weird too. It's like it's the only thing we do that to, right? It's not like you have a a broken bone, so eat your toenails. <laughs> what you, you know, doing? Like, just eating finger skin. Just yeah, eating some finger skin. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm impotent, so I've been eating pubic hair all week. You know, just. <laughs> Is it working? No, but I don't need a floss, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Tom, we got a we got a blog comment from Tim. We did. Um, Tim says, uh, among other things, um, uh, you state that rape is not a crime of sex, but rather of violence and power. This is a regular statement of feminist rhetoric, and I've heard it many times before. What has always eluded me is that even uh, what that even means. For my mind, that means something along the lines of a human does not seek sexual gratification by raping, or rape has no reproductive purpose. Um, and uh, he feels this is nonsensical or misleading as the fluffy language purported by scam proponents. Uh, I, I would disagree strongly with you, Tim, um, and uh, uh, for a couple of reasons. I don't think that this is a non-critical statement, first of all. I kind of call us out for this being a non-critical statement and uh, just a rehashing of feminist rhetoric. Um, <clears throat> rape doesn't make sense as a crime of sexual gratification, uh, as its primary motivation. Um, there are ways... You don't have to break the law um, or you don't have to break the law as grotesquely um, if your goal is sexual gratification, right? I mean there's masturbation. There's willing sexual partners and uh, – There's even paid sexual there's paid, partners. Exactly. That's what I was – there's, there's prostitution, which is so much further down the, the legal and social rung of unacceptable behaviors that the idea that you would commit rape in order to achieve sexual gratification – it just feels false to me. It seems like the costs are vastly too large. Um, and the other thing that strikes me as, as just horrifically untrue about that is in order for you to – I don't even want to say for you. In order for a person to uh, rape another person, you have to be interested and willing to have sex with an unwilling partner, which is inherently, definitionally a violent act of control. You can't have sex with an unwilling person without being turned on or at least maintain an erection while having sex with somebody who is blatantly unwilling to have sex with you, coercively, violently, however that sexual act occurs. So there, there is an element of violence, control, and, and domination that is necessary for the act of rape to be definitionally accurate. Um, so I think that it is a reasonable thing to say that it is not a crime of sex. Um, sex sexual gratification is, is much more easily achieved and the costs are much lower from a social standpoint. Um, it, it is, I think, an act of violence and power first. You know, certainly it has a sexual component. It has a sexual component. And I think you know, when I think about that, I think, well, what, why do people rape others in prison then? I mean, if you're in prison, if you're in a, a same-sex prison, you know, obviously, you know, all prisons are – there's no co-ed prison. <laughs> so if you're in a prison, you're with all guys that are the same – I mean, do you – and I'm going to ask a straight guy right now. You know, Tom, you're a straight guy. Would you – if you were sexually frustrated, would you rape a dude or would you jerk off? And I, I already know the yes. answer, right? You're going to jerk of off. Of course. I mean, because there's nothing – there is nothing appealing to me about having sex with a dude. I don't think I and could I have physically feeling, do it. I don't think I could achieve and maintain the erection necessary to perform yeah. the act. So there, there might be something to rapists also in the sense that there is something 
um, that that's their kink, right? Like that's the thing that gets them off. So that is where they get their sexual gratification so that they can't have sexual gratification or their sexual gratification isn't strong enough unless they're doing something like that. But I think it plays into that power dynamic. There's, there is something about power there. And to, to neglect that I think is, is missing the point of what rape is all about. And, and to, to back that up just a little bit, studies of rapists in prison do back that up, that when they ask rapists um, in prison you know, what motivated them, um, it wasn't sexual gratification. It was, you know, anger, violence, domination. Those were the recurring uh, psychological themes that the prisoners, uh, by and large, answer with. So, but thank you for the thank you for the comment. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so we want to read an e- email from One Arm Don. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Don from Alabama here. Go Roy Moore. We Alabama Alabamanians. Elabimians are so Elabimians. proud of him. <laughs> Elabimians. <laughs> he loves Elabimians. Sloppiest pronounced show. He loves the Jesus. I love your show. I have one complaint. I am an amputee, right arm, middle of the elbow. That's not the big deal. It's been 34 years, and until listening to your show, I was living in a joyful bliss. Since I have been listening to your show, I have had an awakening. God hates me. Not only does he hate me, but it was his will for me to stick my arm in that industrial machine that had chopped into a thousand tiny pieces. It had nothing to do with a lack of safety on the company's part. It was God. So God hates me. Shit, that hurts. (laughs) The truth? God loves everyone in my family but me. I am so screwed. I hope you can see from my above testimony that you boys have some responsibility for my rude awakening to God's hate. I was hoping you and your fellow atheists could pray for me to grow my arm back. All I need is half an elbow, forearm, and a hand with five fingers. With enough prayers, I know I can win God's love. So uh, I wanted to say that uh, that I wanted to congratulate uh, the Ardent Atheist podcast uh, and also congratulate the Reasonable Doubts podcast. Uh, all three of us were nominated for the podcast awards. We did not win. Ardent Atheist won uh, yesterday. They were there at the podcast awards to accept the award. Uh, I got a chance to see George Trab uh, open up a show there. I'd never met him in, in person. I got a chance to have a nice long conversation with him. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, so, uh, so I've had a great time here at the podcast convention. And again, we want to congratulate uh, Arden Atheist. It's our hope that in a week, I'm not sure exactly, a week or so, they might be on our show. We've asked them to, uh, to come on our show. So we'd be happy to have them on. And, uh, and we, we have a date set. So it's, it's, it's our hope that, that everything goes through and we're able to uh, interview them. Uh, and if you haven't checked out their podcast, it's called The Arden Atheist. Uh, and you can find it by Googling it. The show's coming out a little early this week. We're going to be on Incredulous this week uh, with, uh, with Andy Wilson and uh, also Mike Marsh uh, from, uh, from the uh, Merseyside Skeptics Society. So, um, so be sure to pay attention to when that episode comes out. We'll let you know, but we're going to be recording it this upcoming Sunday. And, uh, and that's about it for this time. So, uh, so thanks for listening and, uh, and stick around for The Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch late night info docutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques, and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. Okay, three, two, one. I'm on. So am I. Well, that intro comes you gotta from... You got to do the This is Cognitive Dissonance. Do, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. If I interrupt you mid-speech with anything, you'll automatically go to the next thing. 82 times. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fucking great. All right, we've got to stop anyway because I have a bloody nose. So. <laughs> this is a disaster. This is the best podcast we've ever done. Hold on. Oh, and it's fucking, it's a gusher, too. <laughs>